Yo, it's Julian Lombrano and a review of Ocean's Eleven as this is part of my 4K uh, retro review series uh, and I'm meant to do it recently. Seems Soderbergh's son, he's had an amazingly interesting uh, journey as a, a filmmaker. I, I was just looking through his early films and I haven't seen many. I mean, the f debut film was Sex, Lies and Videotape, which was a huge international success for a low-budget film. But Kafka, King of the Hill, Underneath, the Schizopolis, I don't remember these films even if I've seen them. But he really hit on a genre trope with the masterpiece Out of Sight. And it was the first time that George Clooney, who was then the golden boy of the TV show ER, had transferred really successfully to cinema as a leading man. And Jennifer Lopez as well. It, and it was in the same style that really is credited with Ocean's Eleven, which is the um, the uh, the witty dialogue, the charismatic leads, the music, particularly David Holmes's um, iconic soundtrack music. Um, all of the elements of the Ocean's films were in place in Out of Sight. Many people would regard it as being the best of all of those films. But it was a it was a stylistic dynamic that he really honed across those films just before that he had quite a run of uh, sorry just after that he had quite the run of it with Erin Brockovich and Traffic uh, which were multiple Oscar winners and nominees um, two massive films before coming back with Ocean's Eleven and since then he's just he's been all over the place we've got Solaris um, obviously a couple of um, Ocean's films 12 was terrible 13 was quite good Contagion has become the de facto film of um, COVID. Haywire was a very underappreciated martial arts-ish film. Magic Mike, uh, Behind the Candelabra, the one about um, the pianist with the chandelabras. I can't remember what his name is. Um, but they're all different and in different um, ways. There's not really been anything that interesting uh, in recent years but he's never stuck in one lane uh, and he's made some political stuff as well along the way but Ocean's Eleven is the one that I went back to and I changed my opinion about it quite a lot um, so it start, it's a remake of the very famous 1950s film Ocean's Eleven which starred the most iconic rat pack so we got Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. And there's this very famous picture of them walking along at the end of the film, which is the the image of the Rat Pack. The Rat Pack were actually the second Rat Pack because the original one was led by Humphrey Bogart. So the Sinatra-led one, which is probably more famous, actually came out of that in a way. And it's never got great reviews, but it is really worth watching, particularly Dean Martin. There's a lot of charisma, a lot of in, like his, the way that he does dialogue. And the story itself is a little bit odd as well. But it centers around a group of reprobates trying to rip off a very wealthy person and get away with it. And in this case, we get George Clooney and Brad Pitt round up a group of 11 in total people um, because Elliot Gould has been very hard done by by um, a casino magnet moving into Vegas and you know basically wiping the floor with him. Played by Andy Garcia, the casting is is as good as modern films have got in in this film. So they all hatch a plan to rob this casino that Andy Garcia runs and steal 120 million dollars because it's um, the pooling place for three casinos at once. And I guess it's very much a modern Vegas film in the the notion of 
And, we, and that's fitting because Sinatra and, and D. Martin and Sammy Danish, Davis Jr. were synonymous with old Vegas when the mob ran it. And this is a film that belongs in the era of the corporate Vegas, where two or three corporations own every casino. And the whole thing has come down to a money-pinching exercise. I know I was there last year, and I would say don't go to Las Vegas, especially if you're Australian, because it is so expensive. There are two things to do there. Go out and gamble and go out and drink. Both are so prohibitively expensive, you want to stop doing them as soon as you start, which leaves nothing. You sit down and you've blown $100 in five minutes and you don't get a free drink, whatever anyone tells you. Maybe that's post-COVID, um, but you don't. So it, it was trash because it was too expensive for anyone to enjoy it. You go out and enjoy yourself for a couple of hours and then go and sit in your hotel room because you didn't want to spend any more money. So it's a very much post-corporate Vegas film and they hatched this impossible plan to rob the impossible bank vault. Now, I've changed my opinion about this film because of the latter films. And it's because the latter films have instilled this version of Ocean Eleven and that style in my head that is very, very jokey and gimmicky and goofy and one-liners. And Ocean's Eleven is actually a much closer film to Out of Sight. It is a much more thoughtful film. It takes a long time to build up to really anything. It establishes all of the characters over the first half of the film before it gets into the heist. And the casting is just unbelievable. So not only do we get, you know, if you're talking about people with the charisma of Dean Martin and um, uh, Frank Sinatra, we do actually get Clooney and... Um, Brad Pitt and you know as far as modern actors go it's hard to beat that level of charisma but you also get Bernie Mac, Elliot Gould, Casey Affleck in a very early role, um, Don Cheadle in a role that has been pilloried for his terrible English accent to the extent he's now regarded fondly for his terrible English accent and Matt Damon as well is like kind of like the surrogate child of Pitt and, and Clooney and then you get Andy Garcia, Julia Roberts like the Julia Roberts is really well used, and Andy Garcia is really well used. Um, it's it, the cast is amazing, but what really I, f I found brilliant about rewatching it is is how little of the goofy Ocean's Twelve and Thirteen it had about it. The script was very good. There's some great exchanges between the characters. I remember Brad Pitt saying to George Clooney about you know so and so's died and and brad pitt said you know did you send did you send him flowers and brad pitt says no but i dated his wife for a bit <laughs> it's this got it's crackling dialogue through it and it is it's got a slower more thoughtful pace than i imagined and the other thing is the the heist itself is magnificent the heist is really well done it manages to you know up near like the inside man or something it's, it's on a par with uh, the inside man and for the resolution of the heist when you find out what's really going on, I thought it was magnificent. David Holmes' music is as iconic as anything in it. I used to have the CD of um, David Holmes when he was the last exit to something. He did all his soundtrack work in a row, and it's this really evocative music that has been ripped off countless times since. But the whole aesthetic of it is stunning. It's really well put together. Um, so I think this is um, well worth revisiting it's almost one of those films that's been clouded a little bit by what followed. Um, but here, you know, this is going back to 
2001, you're getting Brad Pitt and Clooney and Matt Damon 22 years ago. Um, even though you see those faces all the time, the, the, the characterization that Clooney plays is excellent, on a par with his brilliant character in um, Out of Sight, and his relationship in it with um, Julia Roberts is excellent in this, is, is really good and really well done. And so is Andy Garcia as a villain, a really charming villain. Uh, with an air of menace about him. So it's a fantastic film. It really is. I don't really have any faults for it. In fact, I'm going to give it a ridiculously high score because it doesn't really have any faults. And it is the greatest, highest movie on a par with the charisma of the cast, the ingenious nature of the heist, and not putting a narrative foot really wrong with the sting. And, you know, you've got Newman and Redford in these films. No one can possibly reach those heights of charisma. And The Sting itself, you know, the A-grade all-time heist movie with the, you know, the twist when you find out what's going on. This is the equal of The Sting. It's as good a movie. So I'm going to give Ocean's Eleven well worth going back to. I thought Ocean's 3, the Ocean 13 film, was excellent, but... Not in the same league. It was a bit of that goofy sort of style. Ocean's 12 was a debacle. Um, and I haven't seen one of the smuggest and most self-satisfied films ever. And I've not seen the female version, um, Ocean's 8 or whatever it was called. But Ocean's 11 stands alone as the greatest heist movie of the last 30 years and a beautiful piece of filmmaking by Steven Soderbergh. So I'm going to give it a whopping 9.5 out of 10 for Ocean's 11.